Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Patrick. Welcome back to the Life in Commune podcast. It's been a while, but we are super excited to finally be relaunching this for y'all on a weekly basis. Uh, for those of you that have been listening as far back as some of our Breathing Club podcasts and have been following along since our early Instagram and YouTube days, thank you so much for being part of the journey. We are excited to share this new evolution and iteration of podcasting from our studio team at Commune Yoga in Seattle. Uh, as many of you know, we have transformed to being a fully online studio for the time being until we can open back up at full capacity with all of our students. And so this podcast is a way for us to connect with y'all, with the community, um, and have some fun with it to answer your questions, to uh, share, and to you know, talk about all the things that kind of come up in your practice on a regular basis. So uh, we hope you enjoy it. If you're looking for an online practice experience, definitely check us out, communeyogastudio.com. Uh, your first seven days are always free. We have fresh classes created by the team every single day. So you get three fresh classes as well as monthly practice paths from each of our teachers. So you can dive into some more focused points of the practice. In this first episode, which I'm about to drop you into in a moment, we are just talking about the humble beginnings of life in commune, of the team, and um, how we've kind of evolved from uh, everyone on the team besides Carling and myself recording their very first classes on video all the way up to this point where we currently are now. And uh, it's a pretty fun episode. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you stick around for episodes coming up in the future. One of our main goals for this podcast is to answer questions. So if any questions come up for you about your practice or other things related to yoga or the studio in general, uh, please feel free to reach out, shoot us a message, and we will uh, do our best to get those questions into the podcast for discussion. Uh, enjoy this first episode. Look forward to continuing to share with you in the future. These podcasts will normally be releasing on Mondays for the audio-only format. Or if you want to hear them first, they will be, they will be releasing on the Thursday before uh, in video format within the Commune Yoga Studio platform. So, of course, you want to practice with us, you want to hear the podcast firsthand, first time, uh, check out www.communeyogastudio.com. And uh, we look forward to sharing space with you. Have an amazing day and enjoy this episode. All right, y'all. Welcome to Life in Commune, the podcast. Uh, where we're all here and it's gonna be a rotating cast of characters uh, from the team to most of the time answer your questions but for our first episode uh, we thought it would be entertaining to talk about how we got to this point because <laughs> um, it's been quite a journey and uh, a hilarious one filled with laughing and crying and like moments of exuberance and breakthrough and moments of setback and pretty much anything um, that can come in between all those emotions. Uh, so Carl, you can kick it off. When the, this all happened, we were in Australia. Oh, okay, so we're going way back. We're going way back. We're going, we're way, going, back. Okay. We're going way back because again, like, this, this is an evolving story. All right, so we're taking the story from when Commune used to have bustling students in it <laughs> to when COVID showed up and all of a sudden it just hit us on camera all yeah. the time, yeah? And we didn't even really know what it was. I remember... Uh, calling CJ on FaceTime from Australia being like, hey, like, we can't do full capacity classes anymore. <laughs> We're like, we gotta pull mat rentals because something's going on with this COVID thing. <laughs> Nobody knew what it was. Yeah. yeah. And so we're just kind of like, all of a sudden, 
you know? Yeah, I mean, just working with what we, the information we, we had, um, that wasn't just, you know, my mom panic calling about, <laughs> about a virus that she knew was going to be a big deal, and she was correct. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so initially we were just trying to figure out how do we continue to run business and mitigate what's going on before really obviously realizing the gravity of the situation like literally everyone in the world. Uh, and Patrick and I were teaching in Australia at the time. We were running a series of workshops and trainings. And we quickly realized that we would not be continuing the rest of that teaching tour and we would be needing to get on a flight immediately home to figure out how to uh, close up shop at the studio and, and move forward. Or just how, how to pivot and how to change, right? Yeah. Because I remember talking to you, Shelby, like a few days um, even before telling CJ about like limiting class sizes, and we were like, hey, we need to up the cleaning protocol. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that turned real intense real quick. <laughs> it was like one of those things out of nowhere. Um, a, a, we we're getting some messages from students about like what our hand sanitization policy was, and then like what are we using to clean the mats mm -hmm. and all these different all things. The things. And then um, I just remember this so vividly because I was talking to you and. Uh, <laughs> CJ, for those of you that are just listening and not and not um, watching this, but uh, you sold out Saturday, like everything was completely capacity, like for the studio capacity, and I was like, hey, I think this is kind of serious, let's put caps on Sunday, mm -hmm. we capped class about a half about half mm -hmm. like 30 you know 25 you, you 30 in a few extra yeah. <laughs> cannot confirm or deny <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I, I remember saying like hey you guys should practice teaching some classes on video like just record little 10 minute clips on your phones mm -hmm. just to like just get used to being just on get camera. used to <laughs> yeah. yeah beyond <laughs> And that 10 minute clip X divided real quick when we went from 10 minute clips to, oh, we're doing full vids. Yeah, yes. like the next day. Yeah, like, 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 like two days later. Mm -hmm. yeah. What was that like for y'all? Uh, it was kind of, I don't, it was wild because, like you said, we had classes going on and uh, there had been <clears throat> some hesitancy coming towards uh, just the virus in general mm -hmm. and, and start people starting to be like, oh, this is this is real yeah. and, and we need to take it serious. And it went from, all right, let's let's up our cleaning, cleanliness to, oh, hey, this is a super spreading type deal. And then we just went for, it was like full capacity, 50 capacity, and then it's just like, we're done. Yeah. It just seemed, it was all very fast in that regard from, from the studio standpoint. Mm -hmm. It went to like, oh, hey, we got to, you know, limit sizes to oh, like we're closing. We got close. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then it all went <clears throat> to video. All went to video, and that mm -hmm. was its own. Oh gosh, I did we go to Glazers? Mm -hmm. We rented some equipment. Pretty sure we didn't rent the right equipment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> we had to take back. Yeah. <clears throat> didn't know. Didn't know what we were doing. We were so pumped to know that they didn't get stuck in Australia because we were also having that fear. We were like, oh my gosh, what if they get stuck? Like, what are and we gonna do? And it's just us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just us doing things. We were like, Dude, oh straight my God, up, I get back. straight up, I think I would have grown a beard. And you, <laughs> we, we, welcome to Carling's Mobility Flow. Yeah. So yeah, we would have just had to uh, doppelgang, I guess. Yeah. But it, yeah. I mean, it, uh, that was just, it was thrown into the fire though. So mm -hmm. we didn't really have time to think about it. Mm -hmm. yeah. I would yeah. say, so that was a positive. It, it was very much, hey, these need to get done. This mm -hmm. is what we're doing. And you guys are awesome at like, don't take pressure. Like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. And of course, you're always your worst critic. Yep. Um, but so so we're just like this isn't good enough would they put it out no we gotta do it again 
which is not the case at all. But, you know, if, if we put out something and it's like, hey, how was it? You're like, okay, it's shit. Okay. <laughs> how many classes do you guys get recorded the first day or two that you were testing and playing with? Oh, oh gosh. Maybe one? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I mean, one. Like, we got maybe one or two, but they were no. Hell. But we recorded. <laughs> we recorded rough. two or three. We yeah. just like we were only producing <laughs> one that we could use. Which yeah. honestly is one of the rules that we tell people in teacher trainings when they're first starting to teach and they want to start, you know, creating things online. We usually tell them like record some YouTube videos, watch them, and then don't release them, <laughs> and then yeah. record some more. Mm -hmm and watch them and then you build it up. But those first ones too, you're just figuring out what it means to be in front of the camera and how to be comfortable. And mm -hmm. it's so hard to just exude the same energy at first when you're used to having a room full of bodies Absolutely. and people that have that yeah. energy you can pull from the whole time. It's weird, sometimes it's like you wish you could wash yourself and just like, man, could I have just a different voice? Can I just change the voice? And I, I, I want to know and learn. I just don't want to hear myself. Oh yeah, oh, the first time you listen to yourself teach, it's like, it's it's, it's so it's painful. It is very yeah. painful. And I can't I can't remember when it stopped being painful. Like now I don't think twice about it. I can mm -hmm. just listen to myself teach and talk in our own podcast. But I just remember for ages I wouldn't like when we used to, you know, at the very beginning of teaching on Owl Moves when it was still Cody app, uh, I wouldn't do any of my plans. I wouldn't watch any of my classics. I was like, I don't wanna know. Like I taught, I taught this thing. I hope it went well, hope people like it, and I just on to the next. Mm -hmm. right? It took me a while to get confident, like, oh, I could learn from this right. if I actually watch this. Right. It's, that's actually one of the biggest learning experiences for me with teaching in general is finally having the courage to mm -hmm. take all of the classes that I was releasing on Alan Moves at that time or Cody App at that time uh, five times. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of like my rule. I would take them all mm -hmm. five times and it would give me, it helped me get over hearing myself, yeah. which was really important because the first time you listen to yourself, it's it's just kind of annoying. It's all I can really say. You're just like, oh, do I really sound like that? You're like, that can't be right. Or People wow. talk to me all the time and I sound like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like, everyone, when you're teaching, you may speak a little bit differently and you're like, oh, whoa, that's what that sounds like. <laughs> and it's just kind of funny to hear it. Um, and so for all of you out there that are teachers that are starting to record classes for the first time or just kind of trying to figure out this process for yourself, like. I can't recommend it enough to actually go back and, and be not critical, but really observe your stuff, really like observe what you've created and, uh, and try, to, try to see what's there because there is something there. There's always something of value there, but you, you have to be able to find it and then you can, add, then you can begin to hone into it and build it, right? Yeah. Build, kind of build it from there. And it, it takes time. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, um, like both of you guys were saying, CJ and Shelby, uh, we were at the time hopefully we you guys were teaching three to four classes a day mm -hmm. maybe the video wasn't getting recorded a time or two yeah. maybe, maybe the, the mic, mic didn't get clicked on so many audio issues <laughs> yeah. or you'd go back little errors like, oh my yeah. gosh simple errors and restart it what yeah. Yeah. mean so then the class gets lost well i mean so sad. i mean our checkpoint went from hey lights on yeah. to yeah. about <laughs> 55,000 more <laughs> yeah. uh, but it just it grew you know yeah. Yeah, but, but taking your time to let it build, I think, is, is really important because, again, like those first number of classes that you create, it's not to say that the idea behind your class was bad, but the execution or understanding how you sound on camera or understanding like the difference between teaching a room of students versus teaching uh, 
to a camera is or is completely different. I mean, I think that's a huge adjustment that you made that took you a few <clears> months, to be honest, to to really try to find that identity that you wanted to have. Yeah, CJ I, on camera. I would I would say that I think going from camera or from students to camera students, you can always have a little bit more personality because you can feed off of a room. Mm -hmm. You can feed off um, at least I do at least and there's more external factors on camera you have to still kind of have that same mentality. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning, I would think too much or wouldn't necessarily be myself. It was more rigid because I felt I had to be more structured on camera. Um, and then when I just let that shit go, then, <laughs> then, then it just, I was able to be more myself and it yeah. was just way easier. And then I felt like the class became more of like if you were in, taking it in person, like the little mess ups or miscues that I do, I, I want that's real yep. and it's not cookie cutter. So I took that uh, and ran with it and that was way better for me. Yeah, I think the impulse to try to make everything perfect when you start doing it is so, it's so all encompassing. Cause again, you watch yourself and, and you're, it's, it brings up like the ego and you're self-conscious about that. And so you're like, well, I want it to be perfect. I don't want anyone to see those flaws. And on camera, there's nowhere to hide. Mm -hmm. It's not like when you're teaching and you can stand in the back corner, or you can kneel down and talk to someone or, you know, in Shavasana, everyone's eyes are closed. They're not looking at you. You can't hide on camera. So you have to just be on at every moment. And it mm -hmm. takes a long time to be like, oh, I can be on, but I can still be me. Mm -hmm. Or I can be on and say something stupid and it's still funny or tell a joke mm -hmm. that no one in this room can laugh at, but hopefully someone <laughs> at home was laughing at or chuckling about. Shoot, I laugh at myself. I, yeah, so <laughs> someone's <laughs> laughing always. You've got to laugh at your own jokes. And, and you just get more and more comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. I definitely think the endurance uh, part of it too was the thing. Like oh, yeah. trying to talk yes. and teach and not feel winded, you'd hear yourself back like, <sighs> and you're like, wow, I need to take a breath. And so you'll probably hear us be like, and we're gonna take five breaths here, and it's mostly for us. <laughs> you guys too, hopefully. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, especially in the beginning though, right? Because it's nothing that you'd ever done before to that capacity. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Because yeah. you're having to do the class and you wanna demonstrate, and you don't yeah. wanna demonstrate half heartedly, you know, you wanna give it for the people. Yeah. But then talking on top of that is a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I had to start picking up my run run game a little bit more <laughs> cardiovascular. Mm -hmm. It definitely is something you get used to, though I think. Mm -hmm. and, and I think also you kind of get into a rhythm. I mean, the, the, the one of the funniest things that I always remember about the beginning is the, the false start from the the Shelby oh, Star Extravaganza. Yes. I had so many false starts, you guys. I would come in and I'd just be like not having students so you're like talking to this screen you're like what's up y'all i don't know where i'm going <laughs> what to say and so so many bloopers of like take eight okay here we go just and get so, this class yeah. started yeah. if you ever want to uh, see those i let, just let i want to put them we on should've. social i feel like they oh, would be gosh. good on instagram just a little quick we do have all the really raw <laughs> files <laughs> yeah from all the way back to i mean uh if you guys, have, or for all y'all who have been practicing with us since the beginning, like we switched cameras three times to this point. We switched lighting setups. We switched room setups. Mm -hmm. We switched lenses. We switched backdrops. We like, switched plants, we switched which, plants. Which Casey <laughs> Peterson always sends me a message. She's like, there's a new plant. Switch yeah. classes. Yeah. Switched a lot of different things. Yeah. yeah. What, uh, what classes are y'all excited about teaching right now, currently? Uh, I'm really pumped about my functional freedom and my mobility classes. Uh, it's kind of like my jam. I really love just movement in general. And so it kind of gives me a little bit more freedom and it's in a yoga realm, but it gives me a little bit more freedom within that room to mm -hmm. make it feel like I can kind of adapt into my own personality, my own style of like blending movement, yoga, 
like lives. Um, so those classes usually get me really excited because they take a lot of preparation and meticulous things, I guess, to kind of set it up how I like, but they're also my most fun and exciting ones, I think. That's what I wanted to ask you is how long does it take you to plan the functional freedom classes? Because your brain works in such a different way than mine when it comes to sequencing. The mm -hmm. transitions that you're able to like intuit, mm -hmm. uh, are all, it always really impresses me. Like how long does it take you to piece it all together? Or is some of it on the fly in those classes? Um, sometimes it's like on the fly. It's like I look up here at this whiteboard and I'll have like a general f idea of kind of mm -hmm. where I'm going. Most of the time I'm pretty set on like I have pieces. Yeah. Um, but like let's be honest, I'm teaching it this week. We have it coming out, uh, well coming up soon. And I've been thinking about it for like two weeks about yeah. like, oh I like this little piece and I try to like kind of build off of one section. I'll say like I kind of want to do this transition and then kind of working them into it. So it takes a while. Yeah. Um, I play with it, I move myself and then I write things down and then I'm like, oh, I go back. I'm like, I don't really like that. Twist and change and maneuver. What about the first one, though? The first one. <laughs> the first, that was what about the very first one that the you The very taught? first one, I didn't know what really was going on. <laughs> was that the like, one we, we did? We did a few times, yeah? Yeah, I think we had to stop a few times because I was like, this isn't flowing. This isn't working. This isn't quite right. But now that I'm kind of in a more of a rhythm, um, I feel like the pieces flow more organically and they feel like they work. Uh, at least in my brain. Uh, I don't know if they were talking about I think it's just more confidence. I think it's just more confidence totally. yeah, into it. Probably like, definitely like you, we would do, I, I feel like we would, we would do it, uh, do a piece of the sequence and it was wonderful, but just that kind of mindset sometimes when you have, oh, it needs to be this, mm -hmm. this, and this, um, where you're going to have some, sometimes where you have situations that are variable in your teaching and where yeah. you have things that just come up unexpectedly or your brain goes into something else. So being able, I think you're growing tremendously being able to yeah. do. I'd say it's like the class itself. There's a lot of, if you've never taken it, there's a lot of unique transitions, I'd say. Um, and so I bounce a lot of them off of this guy here, CJ. Because um, if so I can do them. Yeah, because usually if he can do them, then I have we all got. Yep. the general public that like more people Straight are up. being able to do it. And so that was also a trick in itself, not being able to see mm -hmm. the students like with this new unique kind of class or transitions. It's like, I don't know how it's being received or received or whatever like that. And looking at him and maybe I would be saying things and it wasn't quite going and he wasn't doing it. I'm like, oh gosh, this is not working. You know, I'm like, he's not understanding my cueing. So then I'd have to stop and rewind. You got CJ it sometimes. Yeah, I think it's gotten a lot uh, more fluid. Well, I think anytime you're teaching something for the first time, mm -hmm. no matter what it is, you have to figure out how to structure it and how sure. to cue it and, and what cues what things need a lot of instruction, what things don't. I mean, yeah. Carlin mm -hmm. can attest to it the first time I would be teaching uh, the solar practice, like mm -hmm. wh what we now call the set in our hour-long format, uh, publicly in just a class setting, not in a workshop setting. Mm -hmm. uh, it would take me like 45 minutes to go from start to the end of the beat. Mm -hmm. It just would take so long. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it was because I was trying to over cue everything mm -hmm. because I, I wanted it to, to be a, such a specific way mm -hmm. um, because it is very specific. Right. And the people I was teaching at the time were very ingrained uh, vinyasa practitioners, yeah. if you will. And so getting them to think step foot out of mat or having a leg bent in warrior three was just like, it was a, it was a lot. It was a leap. It was a mm -hmm. leap in, yeah. in some regards. But I also, as the teacher, didn't have enough... Let's, let's call it like natural faith in their ability, ability to pick to. up what I was saying. And so I was over. You're trying to micromanage it, it exactly. all. Yeah. And, and I think that can really happen totally. um, when you're teaching something new. And so you have to like figure out, okay, this part, wow, 
there may, while the movement may be complicated or the sequence may be a little bit interesting or different, people can generally pick up on that part intuitively, mm -hmm. whereas there's one other part where you're like, oh, that's really simple, but for whatever reason, people, can't figure it it out. Just, people just don't figure that yeah. out. So you have yeah. to kind of begin to work your way through those things. I think that's part of the reason a lot of our teacher training programs would really recommend that people just like teach this set for yeah. a while if you're brand new because it just gives you that chance to like teach and to figure out how to take a class that fits and that works into uh, into sharing it into yeah. the public space. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I just think that teaching online is is such an exercise in relinquishing control. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you want to control and micromanage and like stop this, restart, do this, do that. But because you don't have students in front of you, it's not the same where you're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to come over here and help this person and do this, that. You're just kind of like guiding a class and everyone else is along for the ride. But, you know, I'm doing this and maybe at home you're doing this, but maybe you're doing something else. <laughs> like I don't really know what you're doing at home. So you're offering and you're guiding, but it is like, especially for me, a person who likes some control um, it is a good exercise and being like this is what I'm offering this is how I like to teach this is what I like to teach and I'm going to transmit it the best way that I can but just like in person there's going to be times when like you say something and only a third of the class moves and you're like well shit yeah. <laughs> okay we try that again and then you say it again and another third moves and then you say it again and then everyone gets it and you're like okay now I'm speaking to the whole class but online I think you're just trying to use those skills and keep remembering that you're still going to have that wide variety of student online you just can't see them so you're trying, I try to, I feel like I try to leave more room for interpretation now than I ever have before or more room for Which like, it's a big step for you. Kim. It is a big step for me, but I just try to be more acknowledging of like, maybe it's over here. Maybe it's over here. Maybe it's this today. Maybe it's that today because the practice means something so different right now. I think to people, mm -hmm. the ability to practice at home with all the other shit that's going on in your life, mm -hmm. like whether you have kids at home or pets or you're in your kitchen and you like want a snack or you're at, have another zoom call. I just think it's such a different experience, the online world right now, that as a teacher, I can't, I can't, maybe I can provide structure and like a, an uh, insular experience for you to have a practice, but I can't micromanage you because I, I, everyone's just doing the best they can to yeah. get back on their mat right now, I think. No, I don't disagree. What class do you hyped about teaching? Uh, so feeding off of that, because I love living in that bubble and give, letting you be like, <laughs> hey, here's your leash, you just go around, yeah. you explore. Uh, <clears throat> And I really do that a lot with my slow power class. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to create something that is still strength based, but it's slow in a way that you just have time to get into the pose. Mm -hmm. Someone who, it just takes me a long time to get, if, if I, in a right way in my class, like if you take my slow power class, that's how I like to move. Mm -hmm. In a vinyasa class, that's my pace. <laughs> in any type of like, unless I'm being forced to like, hey bro, pick up the pace, I know sometimes, He's taught, he's taught classes and he said, he says, pick up the pace. He's not talking to y'all. He's talking to me because I don't. And I know that. Uh, but that's one of my favorite ones that I'm doing right now. And then uh, the yin yang as well, because again, it's another thing that I can ebb and flow. And I'm noticing I'm more, I really enjoy the ebb and flow portions of, of teaching and moving. Uh, last little thing that you were talking about, about watching yourself and listening to yourself. I remember staying with you it was either austin or nashville and we did he's like hey bro thursday it's my plan we gotta get it and so i can attest to him doing his plans and like we would do the i'm like dude this one was a tough one he's like i know it's like third week let's go like, so i will say i remember doing those plans on the kitchen floors oh, those yeah. airbnbs so those is, hilarious it's really just a, it's a thought process of, of always being open to evolving and and 
really seeing what you do and don't do. I mean, I think one of the things that is so challenging to uh, create an understanding of is the relationship between what you think you're doing and what you're actually doing. Mm -hmm. And that goes across the board. But uh, one of the greatest benefits of the yoga practice to me is that it gives you the chance to tighten that relationship at least in one area if you're really mindful with your practice. Because it's like, oh, I can actually get some perspective on like, I think I'm doing this thing, but if I'm being honest with myself, I'm probably doing this. Mm -hmm. And so th that, that just little change allows you to really, you know, play into yourself a bit more, which I think is cool. It is. It's such a truth telling portion of the practice because yeah. like you can't have that conversation with yourself everywhere in your life. Oh, you no. would implode, right? <laughs> like it'd be like a total crisis of self, like an existential it, it, crisis. It would just be like a, a, a paralysis by analysis. Yeah, like there's no way. I'm just sitting there. But you can have that dialogue within the scope of yoga asana or posture based things or very yeah. specific movements like why we often harp on uh, sun citations or Shri Namaskaras, things like that because it's this this encapsulated place where like okay I can be really honest about am I doing what I think I'm doing or am yeah. I practicing the way that I think I am am I putting my focus my presence my effort where I think I am and you can be honest with yourself whereas like you couldn't I think that's that's where all that like take your practice off the mat really comes in because you have to do it on the mat in this little tiny piece because if you tried to do it in the big like at the macro level your your brain would explode yeah. so you have to do it like micro little micro doses on your mat speaking of micro doses on your mat no, i'm just kidding good segue um, what do you, you got for me <laughs> i'm ready <laughs> but, uh, what classes are you excited about teaching right now uh, honestly, I actually have a restorative coming up, my yeah. like special weekend class that I'm pretty. When is that, by the way? Are we gonna have to <laughs> okay, fight the take? Yeah, because uh, I feel like lately I've been teaching so much mobility, and then we've been running so like doing so much teacher training that my world has just been pretty strict awakening yoga, and then a lot of the kin stretch mobility stuff that I'm actually really excited to bring back a little bit more of the ease and restorative stuff that I really love teaching, but I haven't done quite as much. Um, I think it's teaching restorative and yin is so, and Kim's so good at doing it on camera and at not getting awkward as a teacher. Cause you know, you don't talk that much during that class. So when you're in the presence of students, there's breath and there's like music and you can feel everyone mm -hmm. relaxing and hear the size. But when you're on camera and you're doing restorative, I, I mean, I have a bunch of re old restorative classes on Aloe that I remember I just, I'm just laying there for like five minutes hanging out. <laughs> I, just, I just remember you coming back being like, I'm sore from filming, from doing nothing. Yeah, from doing like six hours of yin yoga. Yeah. <laughs> like, I basically napped on camera for the last eight hours. But now I'm excited to teach that again because I haven't in a while and it just feels like, I feel like I'm in a state where I'm looking for a little bit more nourishment. So I'm kind of excited to pass that on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's what's cool about our studio and each of us and the opportunities that you've let Shelby and I come into our own is that everyone really does teach themselves. Like yeah. you are into the things that we're all into, we're kind of nerds about and like love mm -hmm. doing. And so it, I'm always glad you could bring back that. <laughs> <story. Yeah. laughs> that creative nappies mm -hmm. coming back your way. Love it. That's mm -hmm. nice. This is, it's a subtle win. It is a subtle win. That's nice. I mean, uh, speaking of like, I, I just think that it's interesting when you're at home and you're practicing on your own, what you gravitate towards. You know what I mean? Like when you have, if you're thinking, I got to get on my mat, what am I going to do? I think it's sometimes harder to motivate yourself to do an hour of active relaxation. Like you kind of need someone to take you through it a little bit. Otherwise you just end up literally napping in like one position. I don't know. I think I actually think I'm decent at this. Of yeah. All, of all, of all the like, well, not things that people probably wouldn't expect. Like 
I do have like a nightly stretching routine. That's that true. I'm you do have a nightly stretching routine. Seamless about doing yeah. um, because it, it's it's helpful for me so much. Yeah, um, that's true. You're very good at fe- just in terms of feeling good. Yeah, but I, I could easily see it being challenging. Yeah, I mean, I just get into like one comfy position and then I'm like, well, that's good. <laughs> this is now yoga nidra and I'm just yeah, right. like, I can't, you know, taking myself through it or timing things is harder. I just end up zoning out. So I think it's kind of nice even to have like just the subtle guidance of someone to tell you where to go next. I just wish mind. someone could go next side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I just want because like as a, a teacher, you have to be aware and I've dozed off in the in classes before teaching <laughs> straight up. <laughs> With Straight students. up with students, and I snore like it, it like it is what it is. Uh, but I've, I, I, that's so, what so I was. So, for any of you teachers out there, if you ever have an awkward <laughs> moment in class, don't worry, at least you didn't fall asleep. I mean, I know for one time teaching in here, I was like, it was one of those times where you like you make up the note, and then like people kind of look up, and I'm like. We're fine. Eyes, eyes closed. <laughs> like, I don't say anything. Luckily, the music was somewhat loud, so. <laughs> That's why I don't think I can away. teach it uh, yet on camera. Like, I love teaching it at the studio. Um, yeah, but both of you guys are out. The second a hip stretch comes in and it's, like, with props, the two of you are asleep. In That's the all we do. Yeah. Like, <laughs> lizard lunge. Yeah. Half pigeon or, like, double pigeon. Reclined, Recl- double pigeon, sukhasana. Both of y'all are just That's asleep instantly, so. Reclined heroes is my jam. Yeah. Half Half saddle in, in Kim's language. Yes, I had to. Saddle. I had to stop taking the yins though because I would snore. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do it. Oh, the other day Kim left me in that shavasana on film. Remember that? Five one? minutes. So I was like, one for five minutes. She would put me in such a blissful state that I was passed out, and she was being so kind not to want to disturb me. <laughs> she just left me. She will <laughs> never. She rolling. will never end your practice if you're on film with her. She will sit diligently and patiently until you get up and the first time, (laughs) no, on camera, Shelby's laying down. They got like blankets everywhere and it could have even been restorative. And you just see a little Shelby head go. I'm like peeping up because she had said like she was getting a piece of, I think, Shavasana. Then she'd said it, but then you didn't hear Namaste. Well, she just like was sitting there. And so like, I thought, you know, I was just waiting for the words and I'm like on camera, like, Peeping up, looking. <laughs> like you know, a few like, times. <laughs> you see her feet kind of start wiggling. You're like, well, I'll just lay. I'll just keep um, Yeah, she's like, I said Namaste five minutes ago. Like, oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I like, really needed that rest. I really needed that rest. Uh, it's that, that Shavasana, though, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's something that's kind of, I think we all miss from public totally. class because mm-hmm. it gives you that like recovery moment mm-hmm. of the day. Mm-hmm. It's it's a five-minute nap, if you will, that's almost worth an hour or two of sleep, or at yeah. least it feels that way a lot of the totally. times for me. So it's, I don't know, it's, it's really weird to, it's another joke we've been making around the studio because all the classes we teach are like pretty to the hour or a little bit over, kind of depending on who's reading <laughs> themselves out there. Everybody, I know I'm probably the, the big, the worst, but... A time uh, <laughs> I would say Kim, Kim, Kim doesn't use a timer, usually. Yeah, but Kim's pretty spot on. That's what I mean. She's spot on, but she, she, she knows that, like, she'll never short you. So if you ever take Kim's yeah, class, she will never long. short you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True, that's true. But we're also used to teaching to the hour yeah. now that when we open back up, 
it's going to be... Every class is going to be an hour and five minutes, an hour and seven minutes. I mean, I think on, one of the things I miss the most right now, just about not having the studio open, is not being able to take class and take, like, get a Shavasana. Yeah. As opposed to when you're teaching your own class or taking a Shavasana with someone else where you're on camera in Shavasana. Yeah. <laughs> like, sometimes you get to actually relax, but it's just... I miss being in a nice warm room with soft music and you just kind of like get that blissful state. Mm-hmm. I really miss that. Dude, the lives though, when, when we turn off the lights yeah. and like the lives get a nice, yeah. a in the nice, teacher training, the teacher lives, training lives, lives. That's we the get most nice. true to form it feels like when the production lights go well, off. And I mean, also, I there's also three to four or five people practicing. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's more so like a real feel. class with mm-hmm. all of us here. Just with production lights everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't even matter because I'm just like Shavasana. Yeah, it's true. Get the blanket on. I love when you took my live in one of the, the last teacher training and you wrapped in a blanket. All oh, I got, I got nauseous. <laughs> and I literally, it was one of those things where it's like if my eyes were open, I just have a headache from hell. And so I just, and then I got cold chills. Don't worry, it wasn't Corona or anything. <laughs> like, gotta get that. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. Uh, but I was just like, I literally was like starting to roll over. Just have, I was just. <laughs> Just peeking out. Just, just peeking out. The full cozy. <laughs> uh, so for practice plans, this was uh, just switching topics a little mm-hmm. bit, but also to keep it kind of in theme for stuff that's maybe new to y'all, that's new to us for sharing uh, as a group. Uh, our practice paths are the short 20-minute video series mm-hmm. that uh, each of us releases every single month, and we play into different topics. And this month... Um, CJ did morning mobility stuff. You did morning every, mellow. Morning morning mellow yoga. Mobility is a little bit know, even a jump. Just, I know you got to make a jump in. I yeah. was one. I know you. I was walking down the line. Hey, morning mobility could be a plan could out there. Could be a future Who's plan. Who's to say? Could be a future plan. Let us know if you're interested. Uh, yeah. So CJ did morning yoga. Shelby did everyday mobility. Carling with the kin stretch, and I was working on some handstand stuff. Um, for you, when you're thinking about some of these. Shorter form classes, mm-hmm. especially in the world of kin stretch, Carling, what type of focuses are you trying to put into the practice? Like, what, what do you think is the emphasis for you when you're in that space? Well, in the kin stretch world, I think because the full kin stretch. You want to talk about practice. what that is? Just sure, yeah, I guess know. that's true. I mean, so kin stretch. Because it's quite a, sorry to cut you off, but okay, it's quite a cool thing. And it's, it's, kin stretch is honest flexibility training i would say flexibility and mobility flexibility and mobility training um so if you want just for reference and then you can actually elaborate into kin stretch as a thing um kin stretch is 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 kind of like your building out your ship or your vehicle or whatever you want to consider your body is that moves Mm -hmm. um and then playing the space you create in kin stretch into the vinyasa or the mobility mm-hmm. or any of the other classes that we have at the studio is the combination or kind of how that plays together. Yeah, so kin stretch is this modality that lives under the functional range systems. Uh, you might have heard of like FRC or we, in the kin stretch world we do cars, controlled articular rotations, which is all about health in your joints and finding range of motion there. But you can think of kin stretch. Kin stretch is basically just like maintenance for your vehicle. It's getting your oil changed. It's lubing everything up. It's making sure you rotate your tires and get when an adjustment. When you say cars is maintenance for your vehicle, and when you say kin stretch is improving so, the vehicle? So cars you... are like the maintenance, and I think of kin stretch as like getting a tune-up, like putting a turbo on, putting a chip in. Like that's That would be like getting new springs, new shocks. Like that's we what... went real fast and furious for a second. <laughs> I like it, though. You know? 
can't hide where I come from. Yeah. <laughs> Put some NOS in there. That's any term. NOS. I need more NOS. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, kin stretch is like the, the upgrade, right? You're not in under warranty anymore. <laughs> okay, Jordana Brewster. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> At least give me a P-dub on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to get Okay, she okay. give me P-dub. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll rein it back in. She's still alive. She's rein it, we'll rein it, we'll right, it back in. Okay, right, so... Kin stretch is basically, uh, it's not yoga. So there's lots of crossover and, and it's not designed to be its own modality in that you're trying to get better at kin stretch, which I think is a common misconception that you're doing these exercises because I'm gonna get better at kin stretch. But kin stretch is designed to make you better at everything else that you do. It's designed to make you stronger, more mobile, uh, and you know more injury prone or injury resistant, resilient in everything else. So. We do some fun stuff in kin stretch, some really hard stuff in kin stretch, some stuff that you'll see progress in, right? You'll notice you have more control, more range of motion, but it's not so that you get better at kin stretch. It's so that when you come to your yoga practice later on, you have more control in the ranges of motion that you might use in a yoga practice that would otherwise probably be passive um, or out of your control or even off of, you know, totally off of the mat so that you have more stability in your movements so that you have an easier time getting up and down off the ground to pick up your kids, uh, to take your groceries upstairs, all that kind of stuff rolls into why you would do kin stretch. It's about training your joints, uh, and, and building up the resiliency in your tissue so that you are not only creating strength in your range of motion, you can do stuff actively, you can do cool stuff actively, but you can also do really important functional stuff with safety and resiliency. That's, that's, I mean, that's like, I, I, I feel like construct classes are fun because they're hard. Do you know yes. what I mean? You kind of mm -hmm. have to laugh at yourself because sometimes you have to do shit that's just like, this is hard and it's temporary, but it's really hard. Um, and if you stick to it and if you work hard at it, you will see improvements in your practice in other parts. Uh, you'll notice them over time, but in the moment of kin stretch, it's, it's freaking hard. It's embracing hard. the suck a little bit. It is, it's embracing the suck. That's a, that's a very good way to look and at I'll it. And I'll say, as I've grown throughout my movement practice over the years, I would say the one thing I wish I could get more of immediately would be like more range. Mm -hmm. And that, that's something that I'm like starting to realize that you kind of come into is like, oh, doing this and this, but really not necessarily working. And then, oh, I'm touching points that I've, that I've got cobwebs <laughs> on for years, mm -hmm. never been touched or used. And you can start to explore some of that space. So even though I can't move very much through it, it's like you, you can still like really find some, some space for yourself. Well, Kinstrich is such a truth-telling practice. Mm -hmm. Like the whole modality, because it's so specific, there's, you're trying to control all the variables mm -hmm. where when you think of yoga, there's such... It's a holistic practice, mm -hmm. right? Even if you say that a class is about hips or you say a mm -hmm. class is about shoulders, You're it still... can't just be about those things. The body doesn't work that way, especially like yoga asana. Everything is involved, and so you can't control that many variables, and you're not really necessarily needing to, as opposed to in kin stretch and in the FRC world, I'm literally trying to block out all the other variables, so we are just working on this one thing. And so you're really putting the effort in very specific places that then show up later holistically when you move the whole body. Um, but at the mo at the time, you're definitely clearing out cobwebs, like <laughs> getting things, getting things back and ready to go. What were you focused on this month? So this month there were three different cars videos, which are basically your joint warm ups. It's something that you could do. I mean, the idea with the cars videos and that warm up kind of that routine is that you might do it every single day when you wake up, or every single day before you go to bed, or before you go for a run, or whatever it is. 
that's again, that's the prep work, that's the maintenance. So there's a full body one where I just take you through every you know main joint that we're dealing with. There's just lower body, there's just upper body. And then there's two separate videos. One is all about the shoulders, which is overhead flexion, a lot of this stuff, which it sucks. It's a really hard class. I was sweating when I was <laughs> sweating. I filmed that class at like 7 a.m. one morning and I was just dead. Um, and then the other class is all about the hips. Um, so those classes are 30 or 40 minutes. They're a little longer. So I, in theory, I can stretch practice ends up being 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. So you have about 20 minutes of warm up with your cars and then 30 to 45 minutes of kin stretch skills and drills. Really specific, really activities. specific activities. Yeah. And the nice thing is you really can be like, I want to work on my shoulders. I'm trying to get better at handstands and it's hard for me to get my shoulders open. Like, okay, great. You do your cars, you do your shoulder kin stretch class one day and you do handstand track the next day. Um, so they, it translates really directly once you kind of figure out where your deficits are and things you're trying to work on. Yeah, it, it helps you create a, a relationship um, in understanding where you move from mm -hmm. because I think that's one of the things that is actually pretty easy to accidentally escape in your yoga practice, yeah. if you will, uh, because you see a pose or you know a pose, you've seen someone else do it, whatever that pose may be, and then, in essence, you're trying to emulate it until you know it in your own body. Mm -hmm. But your emulation of that posture is going to be based on your natural predisposition mm -hmm. times by whatever you've done in your life over, yeah. you know, from whenever you started moving to this point. And so uh, that is going to create where you move from in the shape. Uh, and it's one of the things that we actually have, we're talking a lot about in this most recent teacher training um, because a lot of students were inter interested in it. But with sun salutation mm -hmm. and jumping to the top of the mat, how so many people don't understand the difference between moving the shoulders versus moving the hips, yeah. and how moving the shoulders is gonna make it heavy and moving the hips is gonna make it light. But when they jump, because they're looking forward, it actually, to create lightness, they're over leveraging the shoulder as opposed to getting the hips on top of the mm -hmm. shoulders. And so that's like, when you begin to play into some of this kin stretch space a lot more, it helps you begin to understand uh, like, oh, I have limitation with my hips inflection. Well, yeah, you so just don't realize where you can do the thing, mm -hmm. but how you were doing exactly. the thing is not how you're intended to do the thing, right? Yeah. A lot of times we think like CJ did a mobility flow class with me where I in the mobility flows, you know, I, I we warm up with a little some mini cars, we do flow and then we do some kin stretchy things at the end. So it's kind of like this hybrid mm -hmm. class that that I've come up with and but we did ex uh, hip extension the other day. So we were down in this collapsed quadruped and lifting your back leg. And you think, well, I lift my back leg in locust all the time. I lift my back leg in warrior three all the time. I can lift my back leg. But once you take out the ability to hyperextend your lumbar and your, yeah. and your spine and move everything else, and you realize, oh, if I'm just- it Takes the auto-tune away. <laughs> it really <laughs> does. You can't, you do, it's truth. It's, yeah, it's truth telling. You're like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, so I can lift my back leg, but I can't really extend my hip. Yeah. And those are two separate things. But we think I walk. Right, if I'm walking, I have to extend my hip. But if I don't have the ability to extend my hip in, in this, you know, kin stretch drill, then what am I using to walk? Well, I'm using some other kind of extension. I'm not extending my hip. I'm using my lumbar. I'm moving from other places, which, you know, is stuff that may or may not show up elsewhere in your life. So it's interesting when you break it down to say, okay, I can do this, but I'm, I'm doing it a different way. So what would it look like to do it the way that that joint's actually designed to move? And that's why it's like, if you come into the class, be open and like listen mm -hmm. and actually do it the right way. Cause that's when you're going to get. Oh, way. cause it's so tempting to be like, I can lift my leg. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to lift my leg. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you might lift your leg. <laughs> like you may not you might lift your leg. <laughs> like, and so, yeah, you kind of have to detach you. I mean, you definitely have to detach from the aesthetics of it or the, 
the want to accomplish a task and figure out what would it take to accomplish the task that is at hand, not the like overall task of lifting the leg, which is like harder to do on camera too. Like if you're a participant in class and you're like, and I'm like, lift your leg, take, make tiny circles, and you're like, and I'm you giving my effort, <laughs> you know I'm trying. I hate those circle These are the things. Best circles I have. Oh, I hate them. You you do them sitting and you do it on my tummy. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick's the the TT prep lift, and then I'm on my belly. I was They're like, everywhere. oh, I've been here before. <laughs> One of the craziest things, though, is that um, since the, my injury, I've had to go to the doctor, obviously, a number of times. And uh, the, my doctor, who's the, uh, the guy who did the surgery on my Achilles tendon, he's you know, one of the best around, which is you know, really fortunate to be able to work with him. But he told me that most adults that he sees, and he's talking about like 95% of them, mm -hmm. can't take their knee over their big toe in a straight line. Yeah, they can't get into dorsiflexion at all, huh? Yes. Right? Like they cannot, yeah. they literally like, cannot. Do that. Do that. There. Yes, if you're watching the video, you can yeah. see that. But yeah, how crazy is that? I mean, Shelby, you have a little bit of background working in PT office. Mm -hmm. Do you see some of that stuff as well? Like Yeah, tons. Uh, a lot of the time, it's crazy too because I think it all, all the systems and things organize themselves like from a joint above. So it's yeah. like thinking about like your ankle, it's like it could be up in the knee or it could be up in the hip or like yeah. where are you moving from? So lots of people like really have no dorsiflexion in their ankles. It's actually kind of wild. It's like, do you walk? Because yeah. <laughs> when you walk, like you have to dorsiflex your ankle. Um, but it's just kind of crazy to actually see a lot of that too because then it plays a part. If you can't actually roll like forward or dorsiflex your ankle, lots of people do have knee problems. They're mm -hmm. like, oh, I got this knee pain. It's because like they're not really on the right track, if you will. Like, starting from hip, knee, ankle, and things in line, yeah. so totally. Yeah, because yeah. like if the load's not going where it's supposed to, mm -hmm. you're still walking, so the load's gonna go somewhere. It's yeah. just not where it's maybe intended to go, yeah. so then you're gonna build up compensatory patterns over and over and over. And if you think about just the shoes that people wear now, right, oh, yeah. it takes away the requirement to dorsiflex as much as you might otherwise need to. Everything with such a rounded bottom, like I, I think of those Skechers shape-ups, <laughs> you know I mean? like the ones that are designed to like, like all of that spring or anything that's got the lift on the toe and the lift on the heel that kind of mimics the heel toe or the roll and the glide, that it, it takes that requirement away from your actual musculature to do it because we have shoes to do it for us. Like obviously shoes are important. We don't want to barefoot run all the time no. in like 20 yeah. degree weather. Yeah. <laughs> Side plug, my brother does crazy things like this. <laughs> <laughs> so shoes are good, but sometimes they, hmm. they remove the requirement for our bodies to do you know, what they're designed to do. Yeah. Same and, thing with belts or any type of, mm -hmm. sometimes it's almost like going away. I remember weightlifting or different things in yeah. sports. And it's like, oh, use straps, use your belts. They're not teaching you to move in a correct pattern. They're just like, hey, this is going to help that pattern. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just toss but it's on. like, hey, here's a Band-Aid. Mm -hmm. You're just kind of patching issues. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you just find ways to do more instead of do better. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is pretty natural. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fair. True. I get it. Yeah. Uh, what was your focus for the everyday mobility stuff? Um, we broke it down into four separate classes. So one class we specifically did a lot of stuff with the hips and that's basically just the orientation of like internally rotating your hip and externally rotating your hip and like what that feels like inside your joint. Like how do you internally rotate and externally rotate and what it means from side to side. And then we kind of took that into exploring ranges and strength in those kind of positions. Then we did a shoulder one as well and I think we did a kind of a combination, a lot of uh, external stuff we did I don't even you've slept since then yeah, I, I understand and I think we just opened up a lot through like the upper back too because a lot of times when you can open up some space there you might feel a bit more free to move in your shoulders um as well at least I think and then uh I think we did a hips shoulders we did spine working on spinal rolls and spinal waves mm -hmm. so that's something you probably see in all of our practices yeah. that we do all the time so segmentation of the spine we moved 
kind of threw some pieces of that and then we did a hamstrings a little bit of a hip extension kind of thing but lots of hamstring um, strength and length kind of working between those two ranges creating safe ranges to kind of move into so that you can feel confident um, and not feeling like you're going to rip your hamstring rather <laughs> uh, but yeah we did four different ones um, kind of focused on different areas of the body you know what I love about the this series, this Everyday Mobility one, is because they're short-form classes and because they're designed to be approachable, you know what I mean? They're not overly, overly technical, yeah. but you're going to learn something in every one of the videos. Is I just think for a general practitioner um, that maybe is coming to class because they want to move better, they want to feel better, but they also want to be able to participate in class. A lot of times teachers, you know, we all do it too, you speak from this other yoga IQ that's maybe up here and we're saying terms that someone may not know what that means. Mm -hmm. So just by doing these mobility classes, all of a sudden you're gonna go, oh, this is external rotation. Oh, this is internal. Oh, this is what Shelby's talking about in vinyasa when she says this, it's mm -hmm. the same feeling that I'm doing right now. It's, yeah. a, it's a good like mini education as well along the way so you understand what your body's doing when it shows up in other stuff as well when you're on the yoga mat. So maybe you're not mm -hmm. thinking so hard when someone says internal, external and you're like, oh, which, yeah, which one's that? Because then you, yeah, 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 like, I don't know yeah. what that means. But then when you've done these little classes, all of a sudden it's like, oh, it becomes intuitive because you got to actually spend time focusing on it in mm -hmm. a really approachable way. Yeah, totally. It was just trying to get you a little bit more familiar, I'd mm -hmm. say, with just some movements that you could like wake up and move your body, like get some lubrication into the joints mm -hmm. in a different way than cars or things like that, but just in a more fluid way. Because mm -hmm. I think for the most of us, most of us are sitting just like we are here mm -hmm. all day long uh, mm -hmm. in today's world. So I just different gentle way to get some movement into the body. I would say too, for someone who doesn't have a lot of mobility and, and working on my own, it is one of those things to where even if you're learning what internal and external rotation are of the legs or arms, you can be like, okay, no. Yeah. Okay, no. no. So, so it's like, it's starting to be, you, it, can, it, it points to, all right, here's where I'm at. Like yeah. you go back, here's my starting point, mm -hmm. and you can only take steps forward from there. But if you don't know where you're starting, I think that's the biggest thing that people probably kind of miss. And it's, yeah, and, and I didn't I didn't start paying attention until like probably this last year. I, I would come up to him and be like, bro, I do this, this, this. I look this way, this way. He's like, I know, bro. <laughs> but until you want to look at it and it want to receive it, it's yeah. just like kind of one of those things. So yeah. I think if anything else, you're like, oh, this is not good. I should probably like, get better be right. at, I should get better at some of this. Mm -hmm. So yeah. uh, for you, for the mellow morning yoga stuff, what, how often do you do things like that in your daily routine? So definitely, uh, I created Mellow Mornings first off for the complete purpose of rolling out of bed. I even, when I went to go film with Pal for this series, I literally showed up, <laughs> woke up, came here. I was, he's like, hey, do you need to warm up? No, man, because this not is what point. this, that's not the point. Yeah. Um, and so I really wanted something, to be honest, it was for my mom. Uh, she wanted something that she can do in the mornings yeah. that was, uh, a little bit different, felt kind of like a class, but wasn't a class, and that if she's feeling sore from playing around with the grandkids, hey, here's some low back and some hip stuff, or if she's feeling tight other places, uh, and then I wanted to end with a nice wall yin release, and it was really fun to create because, again, I move slow and it takes me time, so I would even do one of those mellow morning classes to like as a warm up for another class mm -hmm. or warm up for something else. But that's the way I would move in the morning. Yeah. I, I'm very slow. I mean, straight up when I get out of bed, I have to just put my feet off and just lean over 
for a few minutes and just breathe. <laughs> like, it is one of those things where it is just, it takes me time. Even after this podcast, I'll have to get it. You, you get it too. You got to get up. That portal is not very open that long. It's not open that long. But I'm hoping that this plan could be something to where you do it and it just creates a little bit more space and opportunity for the day. Nothing more or less. It just feels nice to wake up and move. Like, in a very like, yeah. hey, you may sweat if you're a sweater, period. Because I think I do. <laughs> but you're not going to, I'm not going to put too that much heat. Yeah. That thermostat is set, I promise you. Yeah, it's like a low pressure environment. <laughs> Correct. You're like, I'm just doing something because it's going to feel good. Mm-hmm. It's not, it doesn't So very anymore. slow, very simple movement, uh, repetitive. Mm-hmm. So very, and again, I love props. So grab whatever you need. <laughs> awesome. Um, I think that's a wrap for this first one. I think we touched a lot of different stuff. Um, you guys have some familiarity with, you know, kind of an initial, you know, rundown of how we got, how we got to this <laughs> point, you know, or whatever, nine months Did we later. hit record on this? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone turn the mic on? I'm sorry. Hold, hold on. Let's knock on wood. Just, <laughs> yeah. just, just to make sure. Um, but yeah, one of our biggest aims with this podcast, y'all straight up, is to answer questions. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, for all of you who are part of our Coming Online community, of course, like thank you all so much for being a part of it. Uh, but send us questions, and, and we're going to try to get out here as often as possible, and definitely every week to come on and answer yep. questions related to class, related to things that are showing up in your practice, related to things that you're working on, uh, so that you can get some different perspective or some different thoughts on it. Because um, especially with you know the way that our platform is an online studio right and so you'll see a class you know but then it's gone 48 hours later and so you may be you're playing with something and it didn't quite connect or whatever or you're noticing the way that something was taught and like oh that maybe one part of it really made sense but the other didn't like you know reach out like we're here to help you and we're well, here to you know, I kind of think of this is like yeah. office hours a little exactly, bit right totally. like I'll you know we'll, we'll start prompting on social media on Instagram things like that to yeah. Q&A's to throw questions out uh, whether it's about specific classes that someone taught or hey Shelby you always teach it this way why or what do you mean or why do you ask this stuff because it is the the beauty of the live studio format is that you're not gonna get the exact same class every time, but you are gonna get different shades of the same teacher. So you're always gonna get CJ, but you're gonna get CJ's take on something different, whatever mm-hmm. he's inspired about. But that hopefully will bring up more questions in your own practice and more things for you to think about and more novel movements in your body. Uh, and we, ho- I hope that like this container of the podcast and in this little online world, that we can provide some answers to questions or support for your practice in the same way you might ask a CJ a question after class if you were in studio, right? Yeah. Say, CJ, you taught this thing today. What was that about? Uh, so I hope that we could be here and just provide like an outlet to have conversation about your practice so you, you feel like you have some, some dialogue with us. Yeah. Anyways, thank you all so much. Have an amazing rest of your day, and we look forward to chatting and practicing with you all soon. Peace. <laughs>